Well, grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a magnanimous day. It's your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams B. Sam. And you are now listening to Can I Be Honest? Can I be honest? I am really happy that we are continuing this conversation about uh, fatherhood and Black fathers specifically. Um, this next interview is a little bit special because I know uh, the intricacies of this one, this interviewee's um, fatherhood dynamic because he's my husband. So I hope you guys enjoy this uh, candid conversation. Um, uh, between he and I about fatherhood from his perspective. But first, a message from our sponsor. Okay, so the setup, guys, is a little different uh, than we're used to because the person that I'm interviewing uh, today so happens to live in my home. Yay! So um, uh, he likes to occupy most of the elbow room, so I'm going to sit upward like this, just to make sure that I feel comfortable. Um, but in continuing the discussion about black fathers and how important they are, because black fathers, fathers do matter, I have decided to ask um, my husband to participate in um, the party today. So, welcome, Timothy O'Neill Barnett. Hey, what's up? I'm so glad that you asked me to be on here today. I'm kind of nervous because I know you're going to stretch me, but I'm willing to um, participate. Do you see how, like, this straightforward, this uh, political answer he just gave? He probably is really nervous. So we're not going to even do this for a long time. I just kind of want to give some perspective, and I think that you offer um, a lot of perspective because you've been a father for 18 years. Yes, you, I have. You have two children. Um, uh, you are a non-custodial parent to one and I don't know what primary. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, we consider it primary because we share kids, right. um, together. Uh, so we'll kind of talk about fatherhood from the perspective of a non-custodial parent, but we'll also deal with just kind of your, uh, lineage. So I know this, but tell the people, do you have a father? Was there a father in your life? How about that? Yes, yes. My, I grew up with my father in the home. So, I mean, I, I got to see, you know, a two-parent home and, and, and gain from being a, from living in a two-parent home or how, how important it is to provide and be there for, for your kids and be active in your kids' life, you know, as it pertains to their growing and, and developing. So, yes, I grew up in a two-parent home. My father was very present. Uh, wow, he's giving you pertains in big words like that today, ladies and gentlemen. Timothy O'Neill. Um, <laughs> okay, so you talk about your relationship with your father, and this is I I say this is uh, a safe space, but I understand that uh, everybody's not as comfortable with discussing kind of their uh, paternal influences. Um, but I would like for you to kind of discuss what your relationship was as a teen growing up with your father and what do you think if it's changed now from then to now? Well, as growing up with my dad, my relationship wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. I mean, he was present for me seeing him pay bills and um, be there every day. 
but he wasn't present as far as being active, as far as an active role model, um, teaching me things, um, how to be a man and things of that nature, other than, you know, I saw him pay bills, wake up and go to work. He did do that. You know, I, I was speaking to one of my friends, man. He was telling me about how, um, how hard it's been to deal with not having a father present. And he said something, he was like, oh, well, you was lucky, you probably can understand, you know, your, your father's in your life. And I said, you know, yeah, and I would never try to even understand somebody who has a, who didn't see their father on a day-to-day basis. I would never say that my situation was worse or, or, or better. I, I could never understand that because that wasn't my reality. Yeah. But however, my reality was having a, having a father in the house who, who wasn't present. So who, who was present but wasn't present, who didn't teach me anything. You know, he was just there. Like, yeah, I'm the man and I'm paying bills. Your mama need to do everything else. You, you understand what I'm saying? Kind of doing so, what people people of that generation knew to do, which was right. to to be present from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. but not so much as an intimate thing. Right. So, you know, I, I say even with me, having a father present in that aspect, I was able to take on his his negative toxic to, you know, being toxic, the things that I saw that wasn't good that 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 helped me that actually hurt me growing up and trying to be a father as well because I thought it was the way a father should be just being present and really have to speak to your kids or speak life into your kids you know so so I, I always tell somebody yeah, my father was here but I saw my father but he wasn't present so um you know so what happened was I did with him being there and being there every day and me seeing him I ended up picking up his bad habits that, so- that, that I'm just now learning to you know get up get out of him now so do you think um, that now that you've kind of, you're almost 20 years into parenthood, mm-hmm. do you think that your relationship with him has transitioned into a different space or do you think it's kind of similar to what you were kind of growing up with previously? Well, yeah, I think as an adult, my our relationship got better because I had to mature as well. I had to see him for who he was and, and not even in a bad thing. I had to understand he was only doing what he knew how to do. Yeah. His his father probably did. My grandfather probably did the same thing to him. So he was doing what, what um, what you know he knew how to do. He was he was doing the best he could provide, and and that was it. Because I'm I'm sure that how his father did. Mm. So I had to um stop holding him him accountable for the things that I was mad at. I like man, man, my daddy wasn't doing this. My daddy was there. People thought I had a good life. I used to sit there and say that like people think I'm a dad here. Well, we all good. Yeah. You know. So I had to had to release that part of uh, anger from me to realize that he was only doing what he knew how to do. I mean, that's a good perspective, because if you're growing up in an environment where, like, out of your boys, it's five of y'all, and four of them don't have a physical father present, and you're mm-hmm. the only one who has a father physically present, to them, you might look like an outlier, and like, to have the better setup. And you know what? That's really how it was. All my friends... They, they didn't have a father at home. Mm-hmm. And then my close friend that did have a father in his home, he was a drug addict. So he wasn't really, pre- pre- you know, back then in the early 80s, that was crackhead hard. So it was a lot of drug abuse. My, most of my friends that even didn't have a father present, they would see their father on street corners doing doing drugs. So they thought that they didn't see my father doing all that. So they thought I just had the perfect life. And, you know, I really didn't. You know what I mean? As far as like having a two-parent home. What about paternal figures? Do you think you had a a good example of a paternal figure in your life? I believe for the most part, my mother was a good example as far as, um, you know, showing you how to love, being strict, you know, and helped me. I can't, I can't honestly say that 
how I'm turned how I am today, my father played a role in it. It was more of my mother and also my older brothers. My older brothers, like you know, Chuck and Stanley, you know, they, they were pretty much who provided for us. Yeah. So, you know, and it's sad because they wasn't able to live out their dreams and do what they want to do because they so they because they stayed home and provided for us. Kind of raising they raised us. us, right. And they acted as kind of paternal. They stepped in and became the father, the present father. Hmm. So we talked about uh, the fact that you've been a, a father for uh, 18 years now. Talk about being a non-custodial parent. Talk about uh, like having a child, having a son, and um, not having that son to kind of live in your household and how that affected you. Oh, uh, man. First, I want to start this off by I'm done with child support. You know, party coming soon. We're going to turn up for that. No more child support. <laughs> It's been 18 long years, 18 years, like, you know, can you say 18 years? <laughs> anyway, but uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> you you, you know, got so off track. Hey, I, was, I almost want to do a holy dance. <laughs> like, I, you know what's funny about this situation? Every time I hear that I'm off child support, I don't know why I hear like a, a Mexican band playing in my head. I just said, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, man. That's what I hear. <laughs> but I'm happy about that, as you can see. This interview is going to be very short because he's ain't not going to be able to be focused. Um, dun, 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 okay, so uh, talk about being a non-custodial parent and kind of the effect, like some the pluses and the minuses, and then the effects of, uh, overall. When I, you know, when I became a non-custodial parent. I'm using those phrases, <laughs> of those terms, but you do not have to talk like that. This is just my... No, I'm just saying, when I became a non-custodial parent... Jesus Christ. Um, when I became a non-custodial parent, when, when I became a baby daddy, um, it was probably the hardest thing. Because I was actually going through a lot of transition at the time. I had just moved to Atlanta, trying to be on my own. It was, you know. let, me, let me just pause you right there, because I always laugh when I hear people talk. People, he was born and raised in Athens, some of some, like he... Move to the big city. Pitched on crud on the kitchen. <laughs> Beans on burn on the grill. No, that's what you that's what you be looking at like, oh wow. I done moved to the big city. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I was actually going through a lot of transition. I was um how old was I? Twenty twenty two? I don't know. Twenty two. When yeah. you became a parent, you know what I was like, you know what I was literally doing eighteen years ago? I, I had to do the math. Eighteen, let's see, twenty years from 20 years from my age now, I was 13. That means when you had your first child, I was 11. Let's edit this song. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Let's edit it. No, no. We can't move on. <laughs> the people don't need to hear this. The people need to hear it. <laughs> this will not be edited. Continue. But anyway, um, so I was still young, and um, it was actually the hardest thing I've ever experienced in my life. You know, I'm actually just here recently, probably when my son turned 15, I actually was able to find joy in being a, a baby daddy, a non-custodial parent. parent. <laughs> I, I was, that's the only time I probably, it was just the hardest thing. I mean, I, 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 it was just tough, man. I mean, you know, being um able, not being able to see my child when I want to see my child, you know, dealing with the, the troubles that come with um having a, not a good relationship with, with the, the mother of your child. child. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, and um, then on top of that, I had to pay a bunch of money 
It was like it was like I was driving a car. Had to pay for a car that I never could drive. And that's how I felt sometimes. Now I want to uh, keep in mind that we understand that child support is a necessary evil, a kind of thing. It's uh, so I don't think he's talking from a perspective as that he didn't want to provide for his child. I think he's talking, uh, it, or tell me what you're talking. About. No, no, I think child support is a necessary evil. I think child support should be taken out on a father or, or a parent um, who's not. Who's not present in the child. And what I mean by present, not just living, not just not living in the child. It's not doing anything for the child, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? That so I, I do agree with child support. Now I don't I don't I don't agree with the court system how it's how they set it set child support up. But I do believe that child support is very necessary. I'm an advocate of child support, but if a mother or father needs help taking raising a child because it's not easy. But what I was saying with the hardships of paying child support, it was um at a time where if you knew the whole story of how I got child support. Um, they they sent me a letter in the mail, right? Mm. Had to be in court on Tuesday. Had to be in court on um, Friday. There was no way I could make it. I just didn't have time. Like it was like the whole system said, they didn't give me ad adequate notice to be in court. At the time, at the time I was in South Carolina at the time. Okay, I wasn't even at home. So um, they they uh, went on without court. Well, I didn't even know. I never got notice. Without I didn't, even didn't get proper notice. So then they just hit me with the highest amount, and I wasn't even making no money at the time. You know, so I would get paid, um, I might get paid $800 and I'm getting 750 taken off my check. So it leaves me with $50. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. I began to um, lose, uh, I, I, I lost houses, got a big, big car. You know, it was a, it was a struggle at the time, you know. And then on top of that, I, I was able to even deal with struggle. Like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now I want to see my child. And then I get hit with a course like, no, we can take money from you. But you still don't. Um, you still not um, legally. The child's, you know, you're not seen as a child's father unless you go get the child legitimized. So now I'm back in the courts paying thousands of dollars just to have my child legitimized. I was dying to be in my child's life, but I couldn't. This went on for years. You know what I mean? So that was the struggle. It wasn't even about the money. The money was just a part of it. It was knowing that you had a kid out there that you couldn't see and not knowing what was going on with for so long. The the Georgia system, do you think it's set up that to benefit uh, not even non-custodial parents? Do you think it's set up to benefit fathers who want to be active in their children's lives? No, I I, I honestly don't know. I, I think they provide a way for you to do it, but you still have to go through so much mud, so many hardships for it to be done. It's more of a money making thing because it's like anything else. Like if you need, um, I would say like say if you if you buying, if you need if you need milk and milk begins to run out, they put ten dollars on the milk. If you really want the milk, you're gonna pay ten dollars. So they understand that they can put a price tag on it if you really want to see your child. It's only two type of parents, not so the parents. The ones that gonna fight to see the child, and the ones that's not. Mm. That's a good perspective. Okay, how do you think that it influenced your relationship with your son now? And then how is your relationship with your your son beyond that? Well, you know, I, I, I will tell you, I think you, you start, me and you began to um, to know each other around this time. Remember when I was going to court? Mm. Now, when I finally, probably four years later, got to see, now, I will tell you this before I go into that. I found ways to be in my son's life about the mother knowing. So I went to the school when he was in elementary school, became friends with the principal. So I, I would eat lunch with him twice a week, just just so he would know he got a, he had a father. I became, so I wasn't. I would still find ways to be present in his life, even though I couldn't 
you know, she wouldn't let me see him on the weekends. I would still go have lunch with him twice a week, mm. go throw parties at his school twice a week, you know, so he'd know that, you know, you have, have a father while I was still, you know, working on the point of um, working on the part of being, um, I would say, joint custody, having joint custody. Mm-hmm. So around that time, that's when me and you began to, um, to, to, to get to know each other, you know. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Uh, because that line is completely line is completely blurred, but this is not a conversation for uh, this particular phase of, but, um, of the podcast. But I guess uh, I, I got to know you after. As I was going through yeah, trying like, to become a... Towards the end, closer to the end. To the end, end right. Okay. Yeah, actually, it was, it was right at the end. It was close to the end, right. And, um, and that, that was a process that you had been doing, you had been going through for what? For probably about two, two, two years. Two, okay. two years at this point. And, um, Shoot, probably even three years, man. From the time you know, yeah, I got a lawyer. Court got set. Court got pushed back. Court got set. You know the games. Mm-hmm, yeah. I couldn't miss not one time. I was told if I miss any court date, um, you know, I would lose pretty much lose everything. You, you see what I'm saying? So, talk to me about kind of uh, your relationship now. You you talked about how much effort you made to make sure that even though, like, with the court system, it was prohibiting you from having too much of an influence in your child's life the way you wanted to, but talk about, you know, um, what, how that affected your relationship then and what effort, what your relationship now is now and how, what you've done to kind of secure your relationship. But, you know, once I was able to get the parenting plan, I, I began to see my son um, more often, mm-hmm. more frequently. Um, I could tell that, that our relationship had been strained for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I could tell it wasn't the same before all this stuff started happening, right? Right. So um, I decided at that point to kind of move kind of slowly into it. I didn't want to jump in like, hey, you know, I'm back. Because I didn't know what what he, he had been told or what, what he had experienced. So, I, you know, I would, I would parent, parent him, you know, kind of not hard, but kind of gently, just so I can get a feel for what his attitude was at the time. So, but as time got went on and I was able to be in his life more. He got used to it. He had to get used to the transition. He, I was the only person going through this transition. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Tammy. That's mine. Tammy. Goodbye. We have, a, she's whispering. We have another child who is here who doesn't uh, understand it when the lights are on. Oh, this is my underarm. Okay. All right. I didn't know. I know. Goodbye. Love you. Thank you so special. Such a wonderful child. Okay. Now, what were you saying? So as um, at, you know, I had to realize that he wasn't on one. I wasn't on one transition. Everybody was that was involved in this. Yeah. Was coming to um, you know, was having to adjust. Yeah. Some didn't want to adjust. Some others did adjust, but it still had to be an adjustment, right? So I began um, you know, tr- you know, getting to know him again. I I I realized I had to get to know my son all over again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just you know, time had passed. He had grew from the last time. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, you know, but as time went on, he began to adjust. He, he began to learn who I was. I'm, I'm in a whole different career field. You know, I'm a police officer. He, you know, like, it's a whole different type structure that he's seen at home from when he comes to my house. So yeah. once he believe, once he began to um, understand that, our relationship started picking up and it became stronger. You know what I mean? So, even at this point now, we have such a relationship where, um, where he can he he, he pretty much asks me anything. It's, it's nothing. He don't 
feel like he can't ask me. You know, we got a good relationship, and it's still growing. It's still getting better. Okay. As a father, son. Okay, so you have a a male child. You have a female child. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what do you ex- talk talk to me about becoming a parent for a a female child and becoming a parent for a child that you knew that would be in your household, and if there's any difference. Amish. Well, I think the way you parent, you parent regardless, you know. Um, but I did have to parent differently. I'm going to tell you, you know, even with me and my son, I, I really, I thought we were so close until Tabitha came into my life. It's like the bond I have with Tabitha is crazy. You know what I mean? Like I've been trying to Tabitha, keep him from talking about our children, our, 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 the names of children with it. <laughs> The names of our children, but here he goes. Okay, let's edit that out. No, I'm not gonna edit that out. It's gonna stay now. I mean well, that because that because that one I have a little control over. Okay. So that's different. Well, the son. Well, my daughter. Yes. My beautiful baby girl. Um, the, the relationship. You know, I'm I'm straight up a uh, a dad. What they call it? What they were saying? A girl dad. I'm a girl dad. I, I love it, man. It's, because you know what, even she pushed me to be better. You know what I mean? Do you think that you're? Do you think that there's there was a little bit of a, a relief in having um, to have a, a daughter in this kind of situation though? Like not not being a not being a non custodial parent, for instance. Do you think there's a difference in how? Uh, I don't know. You proceeded. Well, I will tell you this. You know, just to be honest, when me and you got married, then we got pregnant, right? Um, I, it was a time when I sat back and thought, like, man, you know, I'm married now. I, I knew the court system. I knew how everything worked with um, child support, everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, say if, say if me and you didn't work out, it was a relief knowing that I, I would never have to go through it again as far as trying to fight for my kid because I had a she's not out of wedlock anymore. Yeah, yeah. So there was a relief. However, having somebody that had the same interests in our, in, a, in our kid you know, being with you, that made it a lot easier. You know, it was a lot more relief because I knew that um, you had the best interest as far as I did, and I knew what your interest was in our child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it made a lot. It made it a lot easier being married, having a child in this type of setting than prior to the previous. You talk about emotionally, emotionally though. Like it made it a lot easier, meaning for you emotionally, or just in general. But emotionally and, and in general, mm-hmm. both both aspects actually. So what's the difference to you in raising um, a, a young man and a young woman? You know, I'm be honest with you. Um, I don't think there's any difference as far as like society, society, how we have to raise our kids. As black kids, I, I never saw saw a difference. Actually, I believe in raising, but you probably don't agree with it, my daughter harder because I understand that, um, understand that she, you know, it's like a minority twice, black and a woman, and a black woman, three times actually. But it is certain fears of having a son, um, a black son, a black son with dreads that, that, that I, that I struggle with or even fear at times, even now in, in his 18 his years of being, you know, 18 years old, you know, far as like, you know, being pulled over by the police and, you know, um, just having to deal with being a black kid in America, man, it is certain things. Now with Tabitha, you know, I try to show her, I try, I want her to understand that she always has to be strong, you know what I mean, as a woman, as a black woman, you know, she, she, I feel like she has to build that strength up in her to be able to 
I know, and I know some don't like it, but to, to in my point, it, it is what it is. You know, black women have to deal with a lot in the society. You know, you have to compete with a lot, even compete with black men that don't show you respect. So I try to, you know, try to get her to be tough now, knowing that the stuff that she's gonna have to face as a black female in America. Do you think that your perspective on women changed having a daughter? Um, I believe that my perspective began to change prior to having a daughter. Explain. You know what I mean? Like, um, my perspective began to change. Why are you laughing? I'm serious. Um, that's not about stuff. But yeah, it, it did. Tell it, what it did, did you think about. It did, it did. Nah, talk, tell the people. What did you think about? It, it did, it did. It changed a little bit. What did you think about? Now, I'm going to tell you, me, I never really disrespected women. I mean, people might have called it that disrespect because of how I deal with people in general. You understand what I'm saying? Let's clear it up because I don't like to be labeled as that. Like, oh, I never really that guy. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, and so I'm kidding because of how I dealt with people. You know what I mean? But it, 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 it is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I never did like the fact that women um, were seen less than. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, however, I never liked it, but I never dealt with it. Because it wasn't my reality. It's a difference. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you, know, so you, you, you observed it, you thought it was a problem, but you never actively took steps to, right. to remedy it because... It wasn't my issue. Right. Beyond, even though I saw it, if the conversation came up, I would give my perspective, but that, that would be it. You know, you know what I mean? Well, I get it. And you didn't, I mean, you didn't have sisters growing up. I didn't have sisters or nothing. You know what I'm right. saying? So... The, Very few female cousins, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, I saw it. I never agreed with it, but I wouldn't deal with it either just oh, okay it is what it is you know what I mean well what do you think changed when having well, a daughter having a daughter now what I knew was a problem now I would speak to it I would speak to the problem you know what I mean so like, it became your problem but it kind of became my problem now that's just the truth you know what I mean like if I'm at work and somebody say women I remember I, I had a conversation I'm gonna bring up um Eric Hernandez what was his name Hernandez he Florida Aaron, oh, Aaron, yeah. Hernandez. Okay. Aaron Hernandez, and one of my coworkers stated, uh, "Man, um, his wife is a his wife, man. She's a gold digger. Yada 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 yada." So I'm looking at him like, because mm. now he's now she's dating a boxer apparently. So I'm like, "Why is she a gold digger? Isn't it? Can it actually be that the boxer came after her? Came after her? Why does she? Why, why does she have to be labeled? You, you understand what I'm saying? That makes so, sense. You know, the boxer could have came after her. You know, and then you no. Know, secondly. Aaron, they was the girls since high school. So why is she a gold digger? So those are the type of things that I would speak up for at this point, you know. But like, that you never did. You no, know, other than I, I still wouldn't agree with it. But I'd be like, oh, next subject. I wouldn't really care. I wouldn't care if your mind, if another person would change the way they thought or not. But now, every opportunity, I would like people to change the way they think and see things holistically when dealing with women at this point. What do you think is kind of the biggest untruth? about black fathers? Uh, that black fathers don't want to be in their kid's life. I believe that's a bit untrue. I believe I believe even the black fathers that aren't in their kid's life, they um they still desire to be in their kid's life. You know you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that most people just don't know how to fight. I knew how to fight and I wasn't gonna give up the fight, but it was at times where I was like, this ain't even worth it because it's so hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it becomes it's straining. You know what I mean? It's it's taxing. It's it's tedious. It's, it's a lot of heartache. 
And sometimes when you're trying to fight the court and fight with the child's mother to see your kid, you know what I mean? If you really want to do it. So I, I think one of the biggest myths personally for me is that the father doesn't want to be in a be in the kid's life. I think that's not not true at all. Do you think that uh, black fathers are celebrated enough? Fathers in general, and then black fathers. I don't think fathers are celebrated enough. No, no, I, I don't, I, and I definitely don't believe that black fathers are celebrated enough. I believe that um, I believe we just look at it as like <laughs> most of the time. Like take Father Day for example, right? Mm-hmm. When the the actors just think of that um. You know, Mother's Day is a big thing, man. We better come correct. Well, we better get it right. But Father's Day, hey, let's get him a tie. You look at my closet, how many ties I done got, man. No, wait. Not uh, from y'all. I'm about to Not say. You, I'm just saying. I'm about to say. Make yeah, sure I'm, it's clear. Make, make it plain. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, that's not even my 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 um, my um truth. I never received ties anyway, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Saying, I just use that, you know, as an example. I look at my closet, you know, like, my dad got a hundred million times. We always bought them the time. Hey, it was socks and like, hey, peace. It, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But never did the same. Never did that for you. When mama. mama came, it was time to get flowers. We gonna cook. We gonna celebrate. You, you know what I mean? So, and then as far as black fathers, no, definitely not black fathers as a whole, man. We're not celebrated, man. We often, um, I think we're more hated than celebrated, even by our own kind at, at, at some time. Man. Why you say that? It's so easy for, you know, I, I believe the whole Psych, uh, psychology of the relationship between the black woman and the black man, you know, dates back years before we even talking about now. You understand what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. believe I believe the whole way that we think and see each other has to change. As as I was talking to somebody now, I was talking to this guy, and I was like, you know, you know, I, I recognize that our women in some in some aspects are a lot stronger than our men in today's society. I I, I recognize it. I believe it, it holds true in a lot of senses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to do as black people in general is get away from, um, this is just my opinion, get away from, you know, um, I'm not holding no man down, I'm not, I'm not doing it. If, if, the, if, the, if, the, late, if, the, if the ties have changed, now you're in position, mm-hmm. we need to help each other out. Build, build a man back up so he can take that role again and be that strength in, in the family. Because, you know, as men, we deal with so much, so many pressures that as men, we, we've been learned not to talk about. And it's just the thing that we want to talk about. So and I understand that black women have to deal with so much, but what I'm saying, even, even with even with us, we, we shouldn't hold each other, hold our women down. We should build each other up, man. Just don't, we shouldn't see each other and be like, oh, he's not doing it or she's not doing it and then just keep them right there. You know, let's build each other up. So we can become their power figure again in the black family. With the understand with the understanding that there have been plenty of times where black women were doing what they could to support financially, emotionally, you know, physically black men. And mm-hmm. when they got up to the top, they would degrade us. I'm not saying that, that that's not no, right, right. But even even dealing with that, what what we was I believe what the black man was dealing with to disgrade him was everything else that came came about. You know, you, you know what, what gets played on your psyche, you know, can oftentimes spill over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what, I'm, what I said before, we all need to be taught again how to love and how to how to love each other as black people again, so the black family can become strong again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe when a when a man begins to disgrade him, you know what they just they they're not disgrading the women. They disgrading the insecurity of seeing their women succeed now because they've been taught and been forced for so long to um be that that figure to to, to, to be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be the oxen bull that 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 take care of everything. Now the woman is succeeding. Nobody never taught them how to deal with that pressure. Man. 
So now it, it spills out in another form of um not respecting the women. So what the, what what oftentimes men do, they go out and do something else so they can become a man again. If it's cheating with a um you know finding other women, they just gotta feel that that void of I'm the man again. And how they some men find it, that's how they find it. Yeah, that's a different. That's a that's a different perspective. That's a definitely different perspective. So what do you think? And for anybody who's watching this, one of the reasons why I am not like going gung ho, because I've had plenty of conversations with uh, some of the men uh, and the brothers in my life about just kind of hardcore topics. But what I want to do is create a conversation and a safe space for black men to honestly give their feedback with uh, without, I mean, with a little bit of pushback, because it wouldn't be me, and I wouldn't be honest if I went push back a little bit, but also with the understanding that this is a safe space for them to kind of discuss uh, male and female, uh, their perspectives on relational things and issues and the fact that black fathers matter. I just don't want nobody to feel like I don't be asking the hard questions, because I'm not this time, but because this is solely supposed to be an homage to black men and black fathers. So with that being said, do you... Um, what do you think that we could do as a whole, people, women, children, as a whole, to help you all feel more celebrated? I mean, I believe, you know, um, I mean, that's really a tough question. I'm going to be honest with you. A simple question like that is real tough. Because I, I don't know, I really don't know how to answer that. I can probably answer it the way that um, I feel celebrated by y'all often. You see, you see what I'm saying? So. I think that question would have to come from somebody who doesn't feel celebrated. You know what I mean? Now, if you would ask me that question before y'all came into my life, I would say just for somebody to recognize that, um, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I, I am a black father that want to be in my kids. Like, I don't care about, you know, tangible items. You know what I mean? I really don't care about that. Just to know that, you know, I am a good father. Look at, look at, look at this father. Just to celebrate us so we can begin to change the narrative of how the world sees the black father. You know, just to speak up, just to, to speak about, you know, the good things that the black man is doing in the household as far as being a good, a good dad, a good role model, a good leader, a good provider, you know, ten, nothing tangible would ever speak louder than being able to change the narrative that has been put on us. Hmm. So what do you think? And this is my final question. What do you think? Man, I feel like you answered it, but just, again, just reiterate it. What do you think you want people to recognize more about fatherhood from the perspective of a Black man? Just give us a summary. One of the things I would like for people to know is that, you know, it's like, I remember when um, Tapper was born, right? I remember you said something like, I didn't seem excited. I was, a, I, I didn't seem excited because I was, a, I was also thinking about Right then, I began thinking about the future of the world that we have just birthed our kids. And so, you know, and then I have a female daughter at this point. You know what I mean? That she has come to this world. So it wasn't that I wasn't excited. It was just my perspective was, like, I have to take care of this life by any means necessary. It's time for me to become a protector of this, of this daughter. So from the perspective of a black man, I believe when we have kids, we begin to automatically think about all the, all the hardships that they're going to face growing up in this world, every every obstacle that's gonna come against them to knock them down. And um that and that we oftentimes live in fear as parents of not knowing if we're gonna do the same thing. I mean do the do the right thing to raise them right. 
in a society that really doesn't care anything about. So our perspective is for them to, I would think my perspective is for my kids to, for me to give them every tool, every seed I can to succeed, not only financially, but mentally too in the world, because they will get beat up more mentally than they ever will anything else in this world. So our my perspective is that I think black fathers love hard. We love so hard to the point that love can often often time make the black father run run away from their family because they can't provide the love that they they want to that they feel inside. You know, it doesn't translate on the outside. So we love we love our kids hard and we love our family hard. And with all that hard love that we have, we see the the, the trials and tribulations that they're gonna come and that they're gonna endure in this world that we live in here, you know. I believe at times we were scared, but we've been taught not to share share the fear that we have, and, and at times we don't know how to deal with it other than to run at times. So I think that instead of at some point, instead of taking it, we should look at like why is the black father not present? And maybe if somebody talks to the black father, even teach the, the, the black father how to be present, you'll see more black fathers being present. In, in their kids' life, in their family life, and not and not leaving them, and being a strong figure that that um that the kids need and be present in the kids' life. We just understand why, what it is that the black father goes through every day in their mind, the things that they battle with in their mind, in their head. You know, having kids, um, being brought up here in, in, in this world, in society that, that that's being laid off. That was an excellent response, but also a heavy one. So I'm not going to end it like that. Um, he brought up the fact that I said that, stop shaking your leg, that um, when I was giving birth to our child, he didn't seem excited. Let me go ahead and set the tone for you all. Imagine, one, I had been sick the entire 40 weeks plus a day that I had been pregnant with this child, right? She didn't want to come out, first of all. And when I'm pushing, I'm throwing up. So push, like, you see what I'm saying? I look up at him and he's just kind of like, look, deer in headlights, mean police face. And I'm just kind of like, sir, <laughs> this is not helping me. <laughs> Okay, so I don't want you to feel like uh, I was out here trying to pressure him, yada, yada. No, no. <laughs> I was in the state of, first of all, delivering a child, and we've already discussed that I never wanted to have a kid. Okay? Okay? I wish I could show the video that I took prior to you having the kids. No, you we don't need to. Me to. <laughs> I wasn't being mean to you. I was, you was irritating me. I was like, oh, you so excited. Chin, get out of my face. No. I wasn't excited. I wasn't excited at that moment because I had to walk okay. while camping. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You did this to me. You did do this to me. That's what you said. The, it was a drunk night. I wasn't I wasn't willingly giving up my body. Do you know how much weight I have gained since the uh the the, the six years prior to having this child? Oh, it looks so good on Okay. All right, well, I think we have talked enough, so I think this is it. So I hope you guys have another perspective. Tune in next week because we have one more perspective to share, and it's coming from my daddy. Uh, let's see what the pastor has to say. Bye. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, latest episode of Can I Be Honest? Um. Here's what I need you to do. Now, I realize that I haven't been putting a demand on you guys, so I'm going to go ahead and do it now. Can you like, share, subscribe, tell the whole world that you can find us at Can I Be Honest 
um, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and you can watch it on YouTube at um, just hitting the search engines, Yami Ministry. And then all this information is also going to be located in the, the details section. But tell somebody. And oh, rate us and give us a comment, but only if it's a five. If it's not a five, don't worry about reading us. Don't go ahead and comment. We don't need negative vibes. <laughs> okay. We've talked enough, so see you next time.